0: Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, You Had to Be There, crappy quiz, and a slight tangent. World Cup B is growing on me. (laughs) (laughs) As a name. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now.
1: OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Turn into the league finals, and I'm delighted to say, Morris Brosnan of the Irish Examiner is with us to talk to us. Uh, really, we're going to focus on the Division One and Two finals at the moment. Um, let's start with the Dubs and Derry. Uh, I, I'd love to know what would have happened if um, if Derry had kept doubling out for a little bit longer. At, at what point did you feel like Derry's resolve slash interest in the fixture waned, Morris?
2: Uh, this is a very simplistic answer, but when Conor Grass went off, I think. Um, Roy Gallagher has made a big play about the fact that he's a smaller panel than basically everybody else. I think they're working off a panel of 29 versus the typical 36. And when you pull their star midfielder and throw on top of that the fact that their best man-maker and Chrissy McHugh puts missing, it just felt like the wheels kind of came off from that point on. So Jerry, I know there's a lot of talk maybe about the dairy structure and the way they were carved open. I just think it's, you pull two key players, they don't have the depth to cover for that. So suddenly James McCarthy was saying, lovely, he could track Brendan Rodgers over every inch of the ground and he did a great job on him. Uh, there was no real good matchup for Fenton and Dublin just, from that point on, they tore him to Um I don't think there was, it's a, it's a very simple answer, I know, but I don't think there was too much more to it than that.
1: And is that um, defensive structure that was not evident? Because like, the, the, um, the goals that Dublin did score represented about, a 50% conversion rate or or even less in terms of goal chances so was that just Derry being vanilla because they don't want Fermanagh or whoever else later on in the year to see I, I just don't, I, I can't understand how Derry go from being really good in in Derry against Dublin to uh, having themselves carved open so much unless it's down to the dubs and you know a few long balls in and also con being con again
2: yeah, so there's there's two parts to my answer to that. I think the first thing is that sometimes I, I find it curious. People point to defensive structure for in a situation like that. Or even, you know, you look at the... I know we're going to talk about the Division One game in a second, but the amount of goal chances Galway coughed up. And some people might point to Conor Loftus, for example, their centre-back. And so oftentimes, I think when you watch it back, the damage is, is happening further out the field. It's it's an untracked runner. It's, you know, John Maher for Galway, for example. And maybe... he nobody would have expected him to get as much uh, leeway as he did, but his probing runs, nobody's able to track him. And suddenly then it's kind of like a domino effect, you know, from that point on. And that's what, I thought that happened in the, the Dublin game as well. You, these runners punch it from deep. Now, I did think, I don't say this too often, dear, I, I thought Desi was very interested in after the game that when he's talking about the amount of work they've done on goals, and especially when when you take this in the context of the goal chance that they did not take against up in Derry, when Kieran Kenny looks across, or we don't know if he saw um, it was a cost on the back post wasn't it but he decides to fist over for whatever reason I don't think that's going to happen again for Dublin this year to the extent where at times I thought they were actually overplaying it at the weekend and some of the chances they didn't take newcomes in particular you would wonder about but the fact that they were so determined to carve out goal chances was a fairly ominous warning I think to anybody else who's going to cup against them this year that they, uh, they put that
0: right Will there be a psychology Morris like there's a distinct possibility that Derry and Dublin will meet again at some point down the line in the championship this year like in some form like, will will yesterday have a bearing? Do, do you think it, there's going to be a little bit of a scar given how many goals they conceded? That just isn't a dairy thing to do. Or do you think Rory Gallagher will take a lot from yesterday and say, well, Jesus, it was a one-off. We'll learn from it.
2: Yeah, it's funny you say that, Shane. I, I don't know if it's a psychological damage in terms of playing against Dublin versus playing in Crow Park. It was mm-hmm. an often a criticism that I wasn't necessarily sure about that will this system hold up in Crow Park. And they've been carved open for goals whether you like it or not, the last few times they played there, Galway did it to them in a very similar fashion. It has to be said, you know, this quick break out, that was one thing that was noticeable with Dublin, is that there was, it was, reminded me a bit of it kind of 2012-2013 tactics where you've got a lot of players behind the ball, but as soon as you turn over, you're determined to break as quickly as you can. Tom Mahiff had a goal chance in the first half, which was remarkably similar to that, which was basically, we have the ball and it's a ball run then. Everybody is, is flooding forward. Um, so from that perspective, I don't think it's... Uh, necessary association with Dublin the fact they bet Dublin already this year I, I don't think there'll be much sway with yesterday but I do think the idea that will this style hold up and go back is now it's a live question definitely
0: we're, we're constantly talking about Stephen Cluxton and, and I know it's probably something that Desi, Desi Farrell would love to just go away but the reality is he's sitting on the bench and he's a one of the greatest footballers of all time um, should he or will he play any part in the championship for Dublin do you think?
1: no that's my answer
0: Go on.
2: I agree with Jerry. Yeah, I, I, I how, how, what's the, how can you look at what David Hammond has done? To my mind, the standout goalkeeper across both divisions. So is he just year? in for his
0: leader for his leadership or He's experience in, in the they have an group. injury
1: crisis. This is, I think this is. I think everybody's making far too much of this. They have an injury crisis. Evan Comerford, who was their first choice last year, isn't going to be available until later in the championship, is what Desi said on Dubs TV last week. The uh, the under twenties goalkeeper is injured as well. This guy is available to them. I, I think that's all it is, right? Yeah,
2: it's not, not the most interesting conversation if we're, we're all in agreement with each other, but I one hundred percent, integration. I think, um, just go back over the league last has done nothing wrong. I think he scored 1-2 off his kick-out yesterday. His mm. save, actually, yes, it was brilliant. He made a great save from Kieran Downs in the loud game the week before that. Go back to the court game, he basically saved them that day as well. Um, he's done everything that has been asked for him. There's no, there's no way you could point to something in his performance. If he's dropped for and come to championship I think it sends a, a really bad message to be honest um, so I, I agree with you I think it's it's fit in, fit in for a void Comerford did very well last year we weren't sure if O'Hanlon was able to deputise for him it turns out he can uh, let, let him at it
1: I think if Comerford was fit they wouldn't have made the, mm. the SOS call because like, so if, if Hanlon gets injured or gets sent off in a, a game who are you going to and they obviously didn't feel like they had enough depth but now if you're going to Cluxton and he's the cavalry and he's happy with that role then I think that's um, relentlessly positive as opposed to this like oh it's desperation. Anyway, we've, we've, we'll have that conversation again with Tommy later on in the week. Um, we Not to labour the point on Dublin but um Mannion didn't start yesterday. Uh, obviously, Jack McCaffrey still to come back into the team as well. And then you have a few others, like if Howard is still a first choice. I'm not sure he's going to get back into the team this year. But um, for first 15, 20 minutes, I thought, this isn't great. And then they managed to break uh, Derry's resolve. And they looked like they were a team kind of reforming, kind of uh, reassembling some sense of identity and confidence and notwithstanding really poor shooting for points Dublin look pretty good and they look like again they're a team who don't have to peak for another month and a half really
2: Yeah and that was that was particularly glaring yesterday definitely Gerard just in terms of you know Kilkenny, Ke- uh, Ke- he didn't start but he came on very early and had two on his left foot two bad wides early and it kind of you know when there's I, I, don't, I don't think a game has to be high quality for it to be entertaining but when there's a lot of sloppy play like sloppy turnovers or or poor shooting it does it kind of sucks the atmosphere out of the game slightly and that's sort of how it felt for a large part in the first half. And then, uh, a guy who, I, the, the word gets overused, but I do think he, he is really underrated is, is John Small and he comes up and has a great goal chance to blast over. He obviously gets his goal in the second half, but I think he's been, if you go back to 2015 when Dublin bet Kerry, there's not as many of that team left. Cluxton well, obviously is back now, but even still, there's not as many of that team left as you would think. But John Small came on that day was man of the match a year later, uh, you know he, he's he's ultra consistent. I would say you could point to nearly every other player and say they've had loads. I'm not saying he's the best player by any stretch, but the level he brings every single week, he brings it consistently. And he did it again yesterday. He was man of the match, um, and he. I think that that moment when he burst forward and creates the goal chance was kind of the first chance you saw. Oh, they've they actually opened theory up here. There was there was a chance on there, and then Lehis has his chance, and then the goal comes, and then you're thinking. Uh, OK, Jerry, Reid really need to come back into this. And when you see glass go down and holding Hamstream, the hamstring, yeah. the second you saw that, you're thinking, wow, this is the tide has turned
1: here. One last point to make on Dublin is that uh, this year, the level of fitness that they have at the end of the league and the players who are fit, they're much further along than they have been in the last number of years. But there's no significant doubts about a huge number of players to come back or whether or not they're going to be fit. Now, obviously, uh, they will get injuries as the season goes on, but James McCarthy is fully fit. Conor Callahan is fully fit we haven't had that at the end of the league John Small is fully fit at that So maybe Paddy Small isn't around but I, there's definitely a sense that they're in a much better stronger position than they have been in previous years and then you're layering in that if they were to play Kerry again under the same circumstances as last year they'll have McCaffrey they'll have Mannion and they'll have Conor Callahan, which they didn't have so I think the gap at the the top is completely it's it's paper thin if there is a gap at all Um what about the the uh, first division final? And obviously, in the aftermath of it, uh, Mayor happy and trying to celebrate, but not too much because they have a massive game next week.
2: They have a huge game, yeah, next week. I thought uh, for mayo there's a lot of cause for optimism. The fact that amidst all the, the push for change and idea of a new style, that it, it has kind of been a you know an evolution, not revolution. They didn't throw their baby out with the bathwater, so. When a team drops off them, gives them up, the, concedes the kick out and forces them to run the ball, they're not trying to force the ball and kick it in and concede loads of the turnovers. That they're willing to go back to what works uh, or what has worked to a certain extent over the last couple of years if they need to. So suddenly then you're looking at it and you think, OK, they can, if they have the opportunity, they're still going to play a kicking game. But on the flip side, they haven't gone totally away from what they've been very, very good at for for a long stretch of time. the time. The moment for that to sum it up for me was their first point from play, remarkably, their first point from play in the second half was in the 70th minute. And it was you know Jim O'Connor flying up the field, coming off the shoulder of and coming off his shoulder of Sam Callahan, And you're thinking, wow, this is, this is a new Mayo, but it's still the same old Mayo as well. They still have the, the ability to do that. On the on though, dojo, I do think, uh, I thought Galway set a template for how teams are going to try and beat Mayo this year. And uh, I think that will be particularly frustrating. That I, thought they, I actually thought they got their structure right, but execution let them down. So, as, mo- as well as uh, the encouragement from Mayo, I think there'll be a huge amount of frustration in Galway at the fact that it was 1981 the last time they won a league final, and that way it's going to go on now.
0: When you look at when you look at the program, the match program before the throw-in, Morris, you're looking at the Mayo full back line. You're thinking that's young, that's inexperienced. But but the likes of Jack Coyne and the likes of Sam Callan, who you mentioned really stood up and Coyne in particular was was brilliant. That that's that must be so, so encouraging for Kevin McStay.
2: Yeah, um, I don't know how they keep doing it, Shane. You know, they they produce these I mean, incredibly athletic uh, rampaging forward defenders like Callan, who's in the same mould as a lot of what we've seen previously with Mayo. And then they also have a, an uncanny ability to find you know one great man-marker if it isn't Chris Barris they move on and get somebody else to achieve and became that for the last couple of years and now suddenly they've got Jack Coyne, who just did not give to give any space to breathe yesterday, he was on top of him for the entire game. So that's that's really encouraging. I wouldn't pick. I you know I know Galway created a huge amount of goal chances as I mentioned earlier. I think a lot of the damage was happening out further out the field. It was John Maher's goal chances, is a classic example. It's a, a guy who's running forward from deep and maybe not necessarily being tracked. Um, the one match that we thought actually have had a huge advantage. It turns out didn't pan out, which was in midfield and Galway probably got on top there. But uh, in terms of defensively. Mayo are very strong there. What's new?
0: And Galway, I guess, have the you mentioned the midfield battle, but Killian McDade's not there. But but you look at the Galway panel, and it's certainly compared to three or four years ago. There's a lot more strength and depth. Like the players coming off the bench all of a sudden are making a real difference. Now, yesterday they struggled, but but overall, you would think there are shoots of positivity for Joyce as well.
2: Yeah, and uh, it's a very unfair comparison because Galway have a huge amount more players, and you know three of their clubs were in junior, senior, intermediate uh, All-Ireland semi-finals this year, but I was looking at Derry and saying, you know, you pulled our star midfielder and star defender out of the team, and then you flip it and end at Galway and they're without McDade, and I know Silker, Malloy aren't going to be back, but mm. it's very similar, the fact, and Galway have just been, developed a lovely bit of depth this year, kind of under the radar, I would have said uh, John Maher, for example, uh, I think that's just a remarkable story, and uh, amidst all the talk about Ian Burke and Peter Cook being recalled, Maybe it didn't get the attention it deserves, but like, this is a guy, lads, in 2020, Mayo destroyed Galway in the in the league. I don't know if you remember that in tune during COVID, and John Maher made his debut that day, was taken off at half time. And I'd say there was a lot of people, if you talked to him around Galway, who thought we would, we would never see him again. And he doesn't get called into the Galway squad for 2021 or 2022, but has a brilliant year with his club. John O'Man, he took over for Sotil Nakhicara. And he logged a, a brilliant year, told John O'Mahony uh, by all accounts at the very start of the year that he was hoping to log a break campaign and, and then get back in with Galway. Did it. He said weren't sure if we were going to see much of him. He was an unused sub against Mayo with the first game of the league this year. Uh, came on against Donegal. was really good, was excellent against Tyrone. And now kicked two points against Kerry last week and was probably the best midfielder in Crow Park in the, the Division 1 final yesterday. Um, so that, that rise is remarkable. I don't know how they managed to accelerate the growth that they did, but he's a huge fine for them because... If you go back to the Ireland final last year, I thought Conroy kind of ran out of legs and they didn't really seem to have a, a replacement field option now. And now that's just one of, of many positions they suddenly have depth in.
1: It's, uh, it's come to a boil nicely. Like, it's unfortunate that we have the provincials to uh, waste our time for the next <laughs> yeah. five or six weeks.
2: <laughs> it, yeah, it is. I, I think there still is it, an element of intrigue. I have to say, like, just, you will still get, a, the Mayo-Roscommon game will still keep you entertained. Are mad even if they do get over Antrim, you're suddenly looking ahead to watching Cavan at the weekend, and that could be a, a very tantalising game. And the great thing about those games, I, at least I think anyway, Jar is I think all those teams are going gung ho to to win a provincial title. I don't I don't think there will be any shadow boxing there. So you're looking at Leinster and Munster, and it's probably hard to get too excited about a lot of what we're going to see there. But there still is. The there's enough to kind of get your fix if you need it.
1: Oh, yeah, we well, we do need our fix. Uh, I'm being mildly facetious about the there being, like, obviously that Common game now. Common are delighted, I'd say, that Mayo came through that and that there will be just that little bit of, oh, we, we've we done something and um, they'll be absolutely ready to puncture it uh, next week. But to, to the point about Galway, right, like, um, I, I do think Porek Joyce deserves a lot of credit for his ability to, change and learn and the you know he, he's a different character now from the one who came in and announced boldly that oh, I'm here to win in All-Ireland and we're going to do it the old school traditional Galway way he's a much more uh, nuanced and polished and uh, humble and therefore better manager than, um, than he was when he arrived I think it's fair to say
2: I agree with you yeah and yes there was a perfect example of that um, you, you know I, I don't think if you had said that Galway we were going to concede, kick-outs, drop-off. It was just classic you know. Yeah, yesterday, wasn't it? You know, once they get to the 45, they can really hit hard and honest. And if it wasn't for some uh, maybe questionable freeze, like they limited Mayo to four points in play yesterday. Um, I think they had more turnovers than Mayo did. It just, the other end, those kind of chances, but really not. them. Um, there was five, If you include Johnny Heaney's, which you probably showed, there's five goal chances of the four saves. Two were brilliant, I thought. Um, on top of that, then you've got like is it three or two miss forty fives and one miss free from Walsh. Comer misses the mark, and that's the Hawkeye one as well. Um, that clips the post. So from that perspective, I I have to I think Joyce as to, so there was there's, maybe there's three parts to this. If you want, Jared. there's the initial kind of all the optimism, then suddenly their style gets um, slightly exposed. He goes back to the drawing board. Post 2021 brings in Keane O'Neill, and they build a new. So and then I actually think there's been a, a further step taken because post on all final, there's a lot of pitfalls after the the rise comes the fall. You know, that there's things that a lot of things that could have gone wrong. So, you have the Shane Walsh saga around the transfer. Um, Damien Comer was on a year break, he take, goes traveling for a bit, there wasn't necessarily sure when he was going to come back. Um, there's all this, I mean, constant. I, I feel like I bring this up every time I talk to you, Jerry, but the constant kind of toxic narrative around a goalkeeper like uh Connor Gleason. I don't think that's. I don't, This weekend, for me, was a testament to all goalkeepers across. As good as Reap was, Leeson made an excellent save uh, in the second half there as well. And uh, I already mentioned handling the Division 2 game. Um, You've got Sean McNally made some great saves for Fermanagh. Mark Jackson kicking freeze, which was absolutely outrageous. uh, Galligan doing the same. So it was uh, a great weekend for goalkeepers. But just to go back to to the point, there was a lot of potential things that could have gone wrong there for Galway. And instead, they they stuck with their number one. They've developed a nice bit of depth, maybe evolved their game. Ever so slightly to get better at striking that balance. Um, So I I don't think we're not sitting here saying that it was a disaster for Galway yesterday. The only thing is that it's three, within 12 months now, it's three finals lost. At some point, you kind of finals are there for winning, as they say, and you kind of need to to get over the line in those games.
0: Yeah. You were tweeting yesterday, Morris, as well, about Tommy Conroy. And I think, you know, I was in the stadium myself, and it is one of those things where every time he gets the ball, you do expect something to happen. And, and it, it's just lovely to see a footballer every time he gets the ball take the defender on. And it's just beautiful to watch. He's an exciting talent for Mayo this year as well.
2: Uh, Shane, you are preaching to the choir. <laughs> I, I have to say, like, I totally, I completely understand why, if you're coaching an inside forward now, you'd be telling them to he needs to strike a balance between laying it off and coming on the loop and he can't always drop the shoulder and take a guy on. But it is just so exciting that there still is a guy who's willing to do that. Who His his first instinct when he gets the ball in his hands is, I'm going to drop the right shoulder and I'm going to take you on. And if that doesn't work, I'll drop the left and I'll take you on that side. Um, and it, it just, you mentioned being in the ground yesterday. I, I genuinely did think it was electrifying any time you got on the ball that you knew okay, this is what he's going to do. Whether, and it could end up a multitude of ways I thought the free he got at the end was, was very soft I thought he was lucky there but just the fact that you have a guy who there still is space for a guy to put the head down and take a guy on how long have we been saying for the last couple of years we'd like to see Conor Callahan do a bit more of that um, the fact that we have a guy who that's his first protocol always is to, to go and have a go I think is is a good thing and uh, I wouldn't be necessarily discouraging him from
1: doing it Maurice we've got to leave it there good stuff thanks a million cheers thanks lads OTB AM With Gillette Labs Get the ultimate shave Or your money back Neon Night Edition Available now